there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield. Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Your chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Jam-packed edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast today. We've got plenty of reasons to keep you excited on the show, don't we, Alex? Great episode, as always, Greg. And we're coming off of a, a pretty good weekend, including a great start to the football season. Want to know the team beat St. Francis. If you weren't there, you missed out on a great night at the factory. And for all that were there, Greg, hats off to you. And as we always say here at Eastern Michigan, because... The stands at the factory were jam-packed. The students came out. They showed up. They showed out. And I know that the entire football program, the entire athletic department, Greg, is so thankful for those that made a great day out of uh, the home football game and community night. Certainly it was a rounding su- success for the first ever community night. The fireworks galore, both on and off the field. But before we talk a little more football, we also have to talk other sports going on in Eastern Michigan over the weekend, it was your women's soccer team. Uh, they tie St. Bonaventure on Friday and then get the win over Moorhead State yesterday. Good play by Scott Hall and team to get those wins. The freshmen are going to be really good. It's just getting them game experience. Meanwhile, EMU Volleyball opened their home campaign on Saturday. They invited Bradley into the building, came up short as the Braves get their first win of the year, and then traveled to the old arena on a quick turnaround and, and struggled a little bit yesterday. But you like things from them. They're going to be in action at the UIC tournament coming up this week. They get UIC and Chicago State on Friday. Should be a fun one there. And then cross-country. We're going to talk some plenty of cross-country in this show, but they go down to Bowling Green in a very strong performance. It's a team that won the MAC championship a season ago, Greg, and that their head coach, Mark Rinker, thinks uh, they have all come back, and they've all come back better in terms of their student-athletes, and you're going to hear some of the reasons why, including a great trip to Colorado that he'll mention that they took and why that was so important. They're not the only team that we know that uh, takes a trip out to Colorado and is better for it every year as well, and you mentioned soccer, too. I talked to Scott Hall yesterday before their game uh, against Moorhead State. He said, listen, we've been 
in the game for 70 minutes. We just have to get it to 90. They did that yesterday. Really aggressive play on the offensive side of the ball and uh, a nice victory at Sakuna Field yesterday, Greg. And you mentioned it. A lot of athletics starting to get into the full swing of things. Uh, as you mentioned, a huge, huge game this weekend coming up for Eastern Michigan football. One that not only everybody in this community, but really nationally will have a lot of eyes on it. Certainly, you talk about it. It will be a FS1 game that we will see on Saturday night. It is right now. The AP and college uh, polls have not come out, but the Badgers sit at 12 and 15 in those polls, respectively, despite having dropped a game over the weekend to Penn State. It was a Badger team that dominated a lot of the things that you look for in a game. Unfortunately, the one part they didn't dominate in, the scoreboard. They were one for four in the red zone. They limited Penn State to just 50 rushing yards. Eastern's going to have its hands full, but given the fact Eastern ran the football so well, you, you want to see how that plays out and see what they can do. Eastern did a lot of things really well against St. Francis, and it's always a tough litmus test to go from uh, St. Francis, who by all means is, is a much improved team and was a good opening week test, but then to go play Wisconsin, who Coach Creighton today in his press conference earlier, Greg said, is the best team he has ever coached against in his 25 years as a head coach. So to go to that's a challenge, but right now you have to like what you see out of Eastern Michigan, Greg. 32 different categories. Eastern Michigan ranks in the top 50 in those in the uh, FBS rankings after week one, and whether it's first downs or red zone completion percentage, which in terms of red zone, red zone scoring, Greg, they're the number one team in the nation. They have been for over a year now. So you like those tendencies. And Eastern Michigan's played good teams and has carried those tendencies over. So you've seen now in the last couple of years, including in those Big Ten wins that Eastern Michigan's put up in three of the last four years, that a lot of the trends that are here with the offense and the defense carry over from team to team. So in that regard, you like the matchup and you like Eastern Michigan's ability to go down to Camp Randall and really compete there uh, for maybe what would be maybe the program's biggest win. Yeah, you talked about this will be the sixth time Coach Creighton has taken on a ranked opponent since his time at EMU started. He's played number nine LSU back in 15. Remember, that was a game deep into the third quarter and even in the fourth. Uh, he also played number 11 Michigan State a season prior. Uh, so he's had some dandies on the schedule, not to forget about trips to the, the swamp and everywhere else we've been. But yes, a different uh, thing in animal that they're going to see against Paul Crisp and company uh, against the Badgers on Saturday night. More importantly, you and I are looking forward to our first road trip uh, of the year and a trip to a place that I've never been into Madison. Everybody tells us how great it is. We have uh, done some fine dining over our time <laughs> here. Tom Helmer's already got the place lined up for Friday night's dinner. That's the thing that I'm looking forward to before the game. Well, Greg, I think we can rest assured, and the fans listening in can rest assured, that when you're listening to Tom Helmer and Rob Rubick call the game on Saturday, when you listen into Greg Steiner helping out with the halftime and pre- and post-game efforts, and when you're thinking about me writing game notes and writing the, the press release, you'll know that we are not hungry at Camp Randall Stadium. We'll have eaten really, really well. And I don't think anybody thinks that we're ever hungry, though, Greg. And so we're looking forward to that. It should be a great road trip. And the food is always important. But what's most important, again, is the opportunity for Saturday to come and to see a great football game between two programs, an Eastern Michigan program that still has a win on the mind, has a MAC championship on the mind. And what a great opportunity it would be for them to get that win and 
selfishly, I think it'd be pretty fun to, to start blasting jump around in the locker room after an Eastern Michigan win. Certainly will be. You can catch that on 89.1 WEMU. It will also be a commemorative weekend for Eastern Michigan as they remember the somber anniversary of the 20th year uh, attack on New York City and Pennsylvania. They'll be wearing a commemorative decal on their helmet this weekend at Wisconsin. Uh, for more information on that, you can check out emueagles.com. That's one of the things we talk about with head coach Chris Creighton on this episode as he remembers where he was and the weekend that followed. They still played that weekend when he was at Wabash. I remember being here. We canceled and, and did not play. We were scheduled to be heading out on the road. I think it was Maryland we were supposed to be playing that week. Uh, so we will talk that in the show. Plenty more. Plus, as Alex talked about, Mark Rinker on the show. And, and he, if you haven't got to meet him yet, oh, I think he will heavily carry the banner of tradition that we've talked long about. Yeah, it's going to be a great show. So make sure you stick around after this break as we bring you more on the Eastern Insider Podcast. And Greg, really quick, I think you said it best. Thank you to all of those who listen into this program, who support Eastern Michigan Athletics, but more importantly this weekend, thank you to everybody who paid the ultimate sacrifice on 9-11, has had to sacrifice since losing their loved ones on 9-11. And for all of those, it's especially relevant right now that have put on uh, the military uniform for for our country over the last 20 years uh, to defend our country after those 9-11 attacks. So thinking about everybody this weekend and hopefully a great game of football will be able to bring us all together to celebrate once more. We'll have much more right on the other side of this break. Remember, you're listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast, the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. Whether you're in the D or out to sea, we always bring you the E on the only show that brings you all things Eastern. Eastern all the time. The Eastern Insider Podcast. Our weekly conversation with heady football coach Chris Creighton here on the Eastern Insider Podcast. His team coming in following a victory over St. Francis on Friday night, 35-15, as they get ready to take on a nationally ranked Wisconsin team coming up this week. Coach, uh, Friday night was a, a good night for your team to get back out, knock uh, off a, a FCS opponent, but what was some of your takeaways and some things that left you feeling good about after watching the tape after Friday night? Well, again, um, just thankful that we were able to have folks in the stands. And I think all of us in the program are really thankful, you know, that the student body uh, showed up the way that they did and um, created a great atmosphere. So we really appreciate that. First games are tough. Uh, trying to figure out opponent you've never seen before and hasn't played in the last two years. Um, so we played pretty well, um, you know, considering that it was our first game and that we needed to uh, know and understand what they were going to be doing offensively and defensively and then even special teams. I think we settled down and, you know, ended up uh, taking control of the game there in the first half. I was I was disappointed that we didn't win the turnover takeaway ratio. That was two to two. That's a really big deal. And um, was really disappointed too, just um, uh, at halftime, after halftime, uh, not coming out and uh, and finishing the game, um, playing better football. Uh, so we, we have plenty to work on. You know, we, we played well defensively, you know, taking the ball away two times and, and really stifling them. We just couldn't get things going really in the second half offensively, I think. Otherwise, the game would have had, you know, a, a better overall feel to it. Um, some of our special teams units really performed well, and, and, you know, a couple of them, you know, we've got serious work to do. So uh, we're excited about the fact knowing that, you know, we can get a lot better um, and that we need to. Um, and uh, so we're back 
at it. One, one of the challenges, certainly, when you open up against an FCS opponent and then take on a team from the Big Ten is weighing that balance of how much you show and put on tape. How do you go about trying to, to decide to a certain degree whether you open the playbook or you pull some stuff back to, so you don't show it too early? Yeah, it has nothing to do with the FCS or the Big Ten, I promise you. You know, we put a game plan together um, to beat St. Francis, and there's no way in the world that we would hold something back if it was going to help us uh, win. In in any game, you know, if you're up 28-7 and you don't need to use something, right? I mean, but that's any game. That's if we're playing Central one week and Western the next week, you know, and we have something that we think is going to be good and don't need it, then then we wouldn't use it. Um, but you better have a, um, a loaded gun, you know, a- every week or you're going to be in trouble. Um, and so, you know, we, we were full on last week and, and we'll be full on this week. That's part of the beauty of putting together game plans and self-scouting and, you know, what have they done and what have they shown and how do you attack them? And, you know, what, have, what are our tendencies? And, um, but yeah, so we'll, uh, we won't be holding anything back um, any week. In the contest, Eastern Michigan outpaced St. Francis by 15 in terms of first downs, the biggest margin they've had going back to Indiana State back in 2008. When you look at your running game, your running backs were able to push in uh, some ability on the ground. You got uh, three from Sampson, Jawan, and Darius all got something in terms of touchdowns. How how impressed were you with them, but more importantly, the offensive line to be able to get that ability for them to score? Yeah, I mean, we've um, put a lot into our, our run game, and this was a game that, uh, that we needed it. Um, you know, I think our tempo really got us going. They were giving us um, some looks that uh, we hadn't seen them uh, really do before. Uh, and so the tempo really got us settled down, and we were getting some chunk plays out of it because one of the things that they were doing was uh, just kind of reading and responding to our formations and our personnel groups, and so they weren't necessarily, you know, getting set um, uh, quickly, and so we were able to take some advantage of that, and um, that then enabled us to get into a rhythm um, and then to attack them, you know, on the ground, and uh always starts with the offensive line. I'd tell you that our, our tight ends are a huge part of that as well. The quarterbacks reads. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, Darius did what, you know, Darius has been doing when he's healthy and he's tough to bring down. Um, you know, he's, he's a powerful runner that, that has speed and really sees things well, you know, and then Jawan is, he can put his foot in the ground now and, and has some twitch and, and some, uh, explosive power. And, you know, he ran hard too. You know, he just, he, he kind of ran angry, which was really, really good to see. And then, you know, Samson's a load now, you know, he is a load. We had him in on the short yardage in the, in the goal line and, uh, it's going to be tough to bring him down, you know, when you're down on the one or two yard line going in. And uh, and he proved that, uh, you know, on Friday night for sure. Defensively, you were able to get four sacks in the contest. You're also able to get a, an interception and a strip fumble as well. Uh, defensively, this team was able to hold St. Francis under 300 yards of, of total offense. What was your takeaway defensively about how they've made progress from a year ago? Yeah, and again, I think it was a really good start in the first half. And then, you know, we were not able to just keep them off the field in the second half. So they played a little bit more football than than we would have liked. 
um, in the second half. Uh, but I think they did a really good job. I mean, we gave up a couple of explosive plays that we wish we could have back. Um, but, you know, outside of that, um, we, we felt pretty good uh, about the effort um, and, and about the execution. Um, you know, needed to do a better job against the run and giving up explosive plays. And, um, you know, again, there's a couple of explosives that uh, we would like to have back. Um, but did really good job against the run. I think they had 92 yards or something like that at halftime. Um, and uh, we just got to finish the game better. 13 players got their first taste of college football action. How big of a deal is that to get that first taste of home action, but also maybe shake off some jitters too, knowing that, okay, I belong at this level and and knowing now that they feel like the is the right fit on the field. Yeah, and some of those guys are were true freshmen. Um, so, you know, no matter what year you are, if it's the first time you've ever gotten into a game, it's obviously a big deal and um, – yeah, it just it's going to make our our program better. You know, the more experienced guys get, more reps they get, uh, the more they're in that atmosphere and not doing it in practice, but doing it at game speed and um, out on the field where coaches aren't out there with you. Uh, it's it's a good thing. And so, um, yeah, I didn't know the exact number of how many guys had got their first uh, playing time, but um, no, it's that's a good number. Traveling to Wisconsin, you'll take on a Big Ten team trying to knock them off and beat a ranked team for the first time in program history. It's hard to compare this Wisconsin team to maybe a Rutgers or Purdue or even Illinois. But how do you go about telling your team, okay, we can't just rest our laurels on being 3-0 and the last four years as well against the Big Ten Conference? Yeah, not at all. I mean, I I don't I know that they're in the in the Big Ten, but you know, otherwise I don't see the association between between those games. Um, you know, when we're playing, you know, Buffalo, you know, or Akron or NIU, um, you know, the fact that they're in the MAC isn't relevant in terms of our plan or how good they are, or, you know, how we're how we're going to uh, try to attack them. Um, this is a great football program and a phenomenal football team that we're playing. Um, and so, I mean, they are tough, physical, aggressive, discipline, and they, they do everything just at a high level. Um, and that's not flowery talk, you know, that's watching film and having studied them and, um, you know, just watched them, you know, throughout the years. So this will be a, um, an incredibly challenging task. Um, but one that we're incredibly excited about, um, you know, our guys are not gonna, you know, tip our hats, um, you know, to anybody. I mean, there is unbelievable respect for who they are and how they do things and how good they are and all that they've accomplished. I said earlier, I mm-hmm. think that they were the better team, you know, on Saturday, didn't, didn't get the win, but, um, we're just, uh, um, I thought overall we're the, we're the better team. So we, uh, we've got a lot of work to do, but, uh, we absolutely relish the opportunity. Badgers were one for four in the red zone and just weren't able to push it in. This will be a game in a, an environment on uh, at Camp Randall on September 11th, a uh, 20-year anniversary. Do you remember where you were on September 11th? Yep, yep. So game planning, um, you know, for our game, I was at Wabash College. Uh, we are going to be playing Wheaton. I believe it was on Saturday the 15th, and I believe it was a Tuesday morning, and, you know, we had TVs in our 
offices and, you know, we're, you know, the news comes on or whatever. And remember watching the, the second plane go into the tower. And then it was just like, Oh my word. Um, went home, uh, you know, to be with my wife, you know, and I just remember as a, as a head coach, I didn't know what to do. Um, by the time practice came around, we just said, Hey, it's optional. Uh, but for those that, you know, want to get together and be with the team and all of that. And, uh, my recollection is that, you know, everybody was there and, and, um, you know, wanted to be together. And then we were one of the very few teams in the country that played, um, that Saturday, you know, there was, a lot of discussion about what's right and what's wrong. And, um, you know, Wabash and Wheaton, you know, decided that uh, it would be best to play. And, um, and we did that. And um, uh, so just to, uh, I remember the week vividly. Emil, we'll be honoring the anniversary with uh, some special things going on. We'll get into that more as the week goes on. But certainly, Coach, we appreciate your time this week. Again, best of luck as you head to Madison to take on the Badgers, and hopefully we'll be talking about another EMU victory come this time next Monday. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you. Alex and I are back after a quick timeout. You're listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast. There's only one podcast in Washtenaw County that takes you inside the athletic department every single week. The Eastern Insider Podcast. Your home for all things Eastern all the time. Another year, another fall, and that means another chance for a Mid-American Conference crown for the cross-country team as it is every year it seems like one of the most decorated programs in all of the conference history and I know the goal will still be the same even though there's a new man in charge of the cross-country program now and it's Mark Rinker he's joining us for his first time now on the Eastern Insider Podcast and coach first and foremost welcome to Eastern Michigan second you are in an interesting spot because you've been here since January you just missed Cross country season last year, and so not a uh, not a usual time per se to come in, um, but but welcome in, and, and we're glad you're here. Yeah, thank you. No, I'm, I'm excited to be here and looking forward to, to my first cross country season. Coach, uh, everybody knows that cross country here is certainly a decorated program, and the expectation is high. Before we get into to your team and what your vision is for you know continuing to build on the success here at Eastern Michigan, give us a little bit of a rundown about your involvement with the sport, how you how you got brought up into it, and kind of your path to, to where you've been and how you've gotten to Eastern Michigan. Yeah, so I actually grew up in the sport. My dad's a, a college coach. He actually still still coaching in, in college um, at James Madison in Virginia. Um, so yeah, I grew up grew up in coaching. And when I graduated college, uh, I, my first job actually was with Nike in the Oregon Track Club. Uh, so working with Nike's Olympic athletes in Oregon for six years uh, before I migrate, migrated back to, to college coaching, which is what I always really wanted to do. Um, and so, yeah, so I've had a couple stops at various colleges. Um, and I was in Boston at Northeastern for several years. Uh, and then I went to LSU and obviously in Louisiana uh, and then started making my way back north to to cooler climates um at north carolina and then uh and then obviously i I got here in january i'm still super excited to be here in your previous role you were a volunteer coach at north carolina but you look at at eastern michigan and what really enticed you to to say i want to plant my flag in in ypsilanti and, and and really start and continue to grow their tradition that they've already established well, yeah, exactly. The tradition here uh, is really, you know, unparalleled. Um, you know, for the last fifty years, I, I think I do feel a little bit of pressure, being as that there's been uh, I'm the third distance coach here since what, like 1964. 
two or something, you know, with, with obviously coach parks and then, uh, and then with coach Goodrich before me, um, and the success that they've had and that they built in the program. Um, so come in, to come into a program that has that success, that history, the support from the administration, um, you know, really just was the perfect fit for me and my family and what, you know, ultimately what we, where we wanted to be hopefully for the next 20, 25 years and carry on that, that success and tradition and, and hopefully, you know, try to try to take it even further in the future, you know, not that's, that's really hard to do because there's not many places to go. Um, but that, that's really kind of what, what led us to, to want to come here, you know, my wife and we have a three-year-old son, um, you know, we just felt that this was the place to, to raise a family and, and to have a really successful program. Walking into that role as kind of being the next guy in line. Sometimes some people don't want to be the person that, that follows a legend. You, you look at, at people who've done so. Uh, how do you go about knowing that, okay, I just have to be the best Mark Rinker I can be rather than trying to be a Bob Parks? Yeah. You know, I, I just try to be myself, you know, with, with the guys and develop the relationships and, and build that trust, you know, with, with all of the guys. And that's what I've tried to do since, since day one. Um, you know, they were a bunch of the guys were actually on, on my, my zoom interview, um, last December. And, you know, it was really quick to get a feel that, that they were really excited to, to be, to just, you know, cause coach Goodrich had, had retired and earlier in the fall and, and coach parks did a wonderful job coaching all of them, you know, and, and, uh, her volunteer, Abel Flores, who still works with us, you know, they've done a fantastic job getting the guys through the fall. Um, but they were, you know, you could tell they were ready to, to get back to work and have a, and have a coach again, you know, full time, you know, really working with them. And so, yeah, we hit the ground running in January, straight into indoor track. And, you know, they, they trusted me and believed in what we were doing from the beginning. And, you know, it's just a great group of guys. I mean, I think that I got really lucky, you know, with, with obviously the talent, but, you know, just really, really enjoyable guys to be around and to coach every day. And it's made the transition pretty, pretty seamless. Um, so that's a credit to those guys as much as anything. Well, you mentioned you're only the third distance coach in quite some time. It's actually a trend that Greg can identify with too. He's only the second uh, lead SID at Eastern Michigan in the last 60 years. So uh, he, we're, our office is very similar in terms of the tradition. So you'll, you'll get to know that as you, as you continue on. And just, uh, that's certainly true for so many spots here in Eastern Michigan, the tradition rings true and through. And, and so certainly a, a good spot to be. And you mentioned you know, some of the coaches that, that have come before in the, and that tradition, if you will, of winning, and it, it's gotta be such a unique dynamic to not only be in a spot where you're getting to implement things how you want to as a coach, but also knowing you're working for somebody in Sioux Parks who has been part of the legacy of Eastern Michigan and has really established herself as a legend of the game. Certainly her father was as well, the late Bob Parks. And so to have someone like Sue to kind of have as a mentor and to lean on in the transition has got to be something that's been really unique for your coaching career. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I think Sue was, it was another big draw for me wanting to, to come here. Um, you know, having a chance she's done, you know, I, I think she's one of the best, you know, coaches in the, in the country, you know, men or women, um, with the, the success that she's had with the program, you know, and her, you know, 15 or 16 years back here. And even, you know, obviously before she, she came back to Eastern, um, you know, so the chance to, to really have to work with, with coach parks with Sue, um, you know, that was a big draw for me as well, you know, wanting to come here and, 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 and continue to learn, you know, I, I think that, 
coaches, it's easy to think that, you know, everything, but really being able to keep learning and, and see her, you know, coach every day and, and how she approaches things and workouts and things like that. It's been really fantastic to, to work with her. So that was, you know, she was a big reason, part of the big reason for me to want to come here too. So I'll tell you what, Sue is, uh, we, everybody knows she's a boss in terms of coaching, but we'll see her from time to time running down Hewitt road. And it makes me, it puts me in pain watching her run because she's still out there grinding and I, I haven't run like that in, in years. And so she's just, uh, she's absolutely fantastic. And, and another thing you mentioned is not only the coaching staff that makes the program so special, but the talent of the student athletes. And since you've gotten here, what's what's been your reaction to, to the group of talent that Eastern Michigan has? And so who are some of the, um, you know, returners this year that we should watch out for in terms of names and names to watch that'll be real contenders in the conference? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Obviously you talk about the talent on the team, you know, it's, it's pretty impressive. Just the, the group of guys, I think, the thing that makes our, our group so um, so impressive and enjoyable is that they're just they work so hard and they want to work hard. They, they're, they're willing to grind, um, you know, and, and you tell them that if you told them to run 150 miles a week, they would do it. Wouldn't ask, you know, ask why they would say if it's going to make me better, I'll do it. Um, you know, so it's just this 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 toughness that, that the whole group has. And it really I think that's encapsulates a lot of the success, you know, of Eastern uh, cross country and the distance program over the last 50 years is just, you know, that toughness has been ingrained, you know, from coach parks on, you know, from the sixties all the way through the teams with coach Goodrich all the way to to now. Um, So yeah, it's just, it's just a really refreshing kind of old school toughness that these guys have and, you know, and and their worth work ethic. Um, But, you know, I obviously talent, talent helps. And so, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Vinny Magnuson, um, you know, had a fantastic spring, you know, all American, you know, he actually, this summer, he, he ran for Iceland, uh, the Icelandic national team in Europe. Uh, you know, he was, uh, he, they, they have a lot of different competitions in Europe, team competitions through between countries. And so he helped Iceland stay up in, in their league, uh, with, in European countries, he got third in the 1500. Um, and then he won the three K the next day to help give critical points to Iceland. And then he went to the European under 23 championships, uh, which is a huge deal. And he got the bronze medal, uh, over there. Um, he's actually the first Icelandic man in, in the history of the whole competition, any event to, to, to get a medal. Um, so it was a huge deal, you know, over there, him doing that. Um, so he had a great summer, but he's back, he's back training and, you know, and had a couple easy weeks and he's in full training right now. Um, so, you know, we look for him to obviously have a great, a great year. I mean, we had a bunch of guys that really, we really dedicated themselves this summer. They, they rented a house in Colorado and, and went out there for six weeks for altitude training all on their own. Um, and they've all come back in great shape. So, you know, the guys that were big in, in the spring, you know, you're going to see again, Toby Gualter, um, is in fantastic shape. Uh, Chris Devaney obviously had a great spring. Um, he was in Colorado and in fantastic shape. Um, Andy Payne's gone, gone home and, and really, really put himself in a great place. You know, he was a conference runner up last year and 172nd at NCAA cross, um, in the, in the spring. So he's, he's back in, in, in better shape than, than ever. Um, you know, Solomon Costa, I think is a guy that'll surprise people. He's really went to Colorado, came back in, in fantastic shape after some injuries, you know, last year. Um, so, I mean, it, it, I think the thing that I got most excited about in our first practice on Monday was, you know, it wasn't the, the three or four guys at the front that everybody knows about. It was our pack of the six guys are really our six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12 guys. You know, they're so much better than they were, you know, in April when, when we finished the track season. Um, and and that's, and that's how you win championships. You know, you've got to have the talent up front, but the guys are Captain Eddie Zucher and Noah Perrin, um, like Solomon Costa, like I said, 
um, Ronnie Brandle, like these guys went away and came, went, went away with a mission and, and they really, really did it this summer. And, and now they're in, in a great place. So, you know, I, I, we're excited about how deep we are this year as much as, you know, obviously the talented guys. Also adding to the fun part is you get to host the Mid-American Conference Championships this year and uh, run on a course that you can set up and, and have a lot of say in. How does that also then help your team to be able to prepare and, and know kind of okay, this is in our backyard. We get to defend and, and set up what everybody else is coming into. Yeah, no, we've been working hard with, uh, with the Eagle Crest, Eagle Crest staff to uh, really set the course up, um, you know, and there's a couple pretty good hills in there. And, you know, it's, it's a great course, spectator course, you know, which is helpful. Um, but the biggest thing is, you know, being able to sleep in our own beds, not having to travel, you know, having to being able to have a little bit better of a routine, you know, heading into the meet, I think is the biggest, the biggest key. Um, you know, I think again, we're going back to our tradition and success year in and year out, we're, I think we're a team that everybody wants to, to, to measure themselves against and to beat, you know? And so our guys, you know, really know that, that everyone in the conference is going to give us the best shot this year, even at home. Um, so we have a lot of work to do. You know, we, we were in a great place right now, but the meets in on October 31st. And so there's a lot of time there that, that our guys have to do a lot more work um, to, to really prepare to be ready. But having it at home is a huge advantage this year. Um, just, you know, being able to be in our own routines and sleep in our own beds and, and not have to, to worry about traveling. Um, but yeah, no, we have a lot of work to do still. It's, you know, they don't, you don't win the meet in August. You, you know, you have to do it on the day in October. So we're, we're excited, but, you know, a lot of work left. Greg, did, did you catch that? He, he said that there was a few little hills at Eagle Crest. Greg and I golf out at Eagle Crest, and those hills are not little, Coach, at least for us, I guess, for, for you know. Why I ride the cart and don't walk the course. <laughs> Although I guess for uh, for athletes, the caliber that uh, Coach Rinker has, certainly those are those are championship-worthy hills. So, Coach, we, we appreciate your time. And before we let you go, we, we always like to, to get you out of here on something fun that, uh, the, you know, the fans can get you to know you a little bit better and outside of the sport. So I, I know you mentioned, you, of course, you're here with your family. What, what's something that outside of you coaching and being around the sport that you and your family uh, like to do together to, to just relax and get away from it all? Oh, well, right now with a three-year-old, everything, you know, family-wise revolves around, around his schedule a little bit. Um, but, you know, being able to take him to the park and, and go on walks right now is, is really kind of what we, we do. Um, you know, I think for him, the big one is he's going to Disney World for the first time over Christmas. So he's, he's super excited to see, uh, to see the, the Frozen characters and Toy Story and all that. So, you know, that right now for, for us, it's, it's smaller stuff with him and, you know, around his schedule. But, um, you know, the Ypsilanti area has a lot of really nice parks and slides, which is a big deal for him. So he, liked, he likes going on slides and then getting some doms for, uh, for breakfast, you know, after slides on a weekend morning. That's, that's his favorite thing to do. That sounds like a heck of a schedule in our eyes. I mean, there's nothing wrong with with some parks and slides and then a little bit of doms to cap it off. Coach, well, we can't thank you enough for taking a, a few minutes with us to introduce yourself and introduce your team for the fall. I know you guys are right in the middle of it and, and getting busy uh, as the schedule comes about, but certainly we wish you all the best of luck as you get the un regular season underway. And we look forward to, to chatting with you again before it all ends and, and seeing you out at the, the championships and hopefully a lot of our listeners out there too, to cheer on your team. 
Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate it. We're looking forward to seeing you guys out there and, and hopefully seeing a lot of fans at the MAC meet on uh, October 31st. There he is. There's Coach Mark Brinker in charge of the men's cross country program here at Eastern Michigan. They'll get their season underway shortly with another opportunity to claim a MAC championship, something that, of course, we've all come to expect with such a good program. You're listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast. We'll be right back on the other side of this break with a little bit more. This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield and presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our episodes on demand.